just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. Ed, our favorite co-host, is joining us today. And uh, we're going to be talking about a whole lot of stuff. A couple of things I want to say in advance. Um, Where I'm at, they are tearing up and putting down new parking lot spaces and such. So it's going to be a little loud in the background. Just, Just deal with it. Secondly, you're hearing this with Ed and I. We recorded it earlier yesterday. Uh, in the afternoon yesterday, mainly because I'm having my eye surgery today. And uh, normally I, I do it at 1, 2 in the morning. And since I got to be there at 6, I thought I'd maybe better get some rest before the surgery. So anyway. Yeah, not a bad idea. I yeah. would have done it for a lot less, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Well, well, my wife had some input here, and, and she, scares, <laughs> she scares the shit out of me. So No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Ed, we, we've got a lot of things going on since last we spoke. Um, this The situation with the documents that Donald Trump stole, uh, I said initially, I said, you know, it's one thing for him to steal these documents, but the way the DOJ is acting and the FBI is acting and the going searching his building, uh, it tells me there's something bigger going on. And that yeah. certainly seems to be the case. I think so. I mean, there's some things that have come out over the last few days that I don't know, but I figured that they would be getting a lot more play and maybe I'm just not seeing it in the right places, but Yesterday, I saw the Washington Post is saying, uh, and uh, this was in a, an article that wasn't front page news, that um, apparently uh, there are some witnesses who are saying that Trump took boxes of documents with him on foreign trips. And uh, it doesn't tell us which particular trips. I can pretty much guess, and you probably can too. Uh, there is no precedent for clatch, taking classified material uh, on a foreign trip that that I'm aware of. I mean, if you're going to do a treaty or something, I'm certainly that those uh, that kind of paper would would be there. But that would be ceremonial crap. I mean, the uh, the actual treaty work and stuff is, is hammered out by diplomats long before anybody ever sits down and pretends to sign it. Um, so why were these documents taken? Where were they taken? Who was involved with it? We need to know all of that. The other thing that has come out is also apparently the CIA and, and other intelligence groups sent out a memo saying, hey, for some reason, a lot of our foreign operatives are winding up dead, um, you know, and, and urging caution. Uh, the folks that we cultivate to give us intelligence in foreign countries were being outed somehow. And um, I can imagine how that could happen, uh, given who had access to that kind of material. So those two things, to me, should be front page news, screaming, breaking news on all of the media networks and everything else. But I'm not seeing it. Well, you're seeing it a little bit, but but not a as much bit. as you should. I think we'll see more of it as time goes on here, as more is exposed. But the really uh, eye-opening thing for me when I first started hearing what you're talking about 
is that when this all went down, they searched his home, they got the top secret documents, there's no explanation for it. He can't say why he had them, had to be for nefarious reasons. Um, I thought, man, this guy has had these documents for 19 months. But yeah. when that story came out about him taking on trips to go overseas, and let's think about some of those overseas trips. We had the G20 conference or G8 conference. We had trip to North Korea. We had a trip to Saudi Arabia where he was doing the saber dance and all that shit. He did some traveling overseas and some to adversarial countries, and he had these boxes with him. The eye-opening thing here is that my mind, Donald Trump has been exposing and releasing and leaking these documents from day one, 2016, up till 2022. For six years, countries all around the world have had access to our most sensitive top secrets. That's fucking nuts to even think about. It absolutely is. And it just goes back to what I think has been an open secret uh, for uh, since 2016 and before is the fact that Donald Trump, and I do say it is a fact, and I do think it's been proven, although, you know, the right wing will scream and cry that it hasn't, that Trump was a Russian asset, that he was developed by them beginning in the 80s and followed all the way through that, that uh, Putin being a, uh, an intelligence guy from the beginning, was looking for somebody just like Trump, and there he was, somebody subject to flattery with shady finances that they could exploit and uh, invite him to Russia, get some video on him, and uh, um, involve him in um, money laundering for the oligarchs, which also is fairly obvious to me, if not to anyone else, when half the clientele of his uh, Trump Towers, Russian oligarchs, says there's something going on there, right? And uh, it's just a matter of proving it. But I, I do feel like this is this is something that if if you're just open minded even a little bit, you see Trump is a Russian asset. He was put in place to give away our secrets, and he did that. I think open and shut. I agree. I think there's no question that Donald Trump was a Russian asset, but. Uh, I'll give you a couple caveats here. First of all, I thought he was just a useful idiot. But now with what's coming out, he is actively and knowingly being an asset. But beyond being a Russian asset, I said this in the podcast yesterday, I believe Donald Trump is an asset who's willing to pat him on the backside and give him a couple of bucks. He would fucking be an asset for anybody. And that's where the problem lies. Oh, yeah, you track do all think- that down. I do think too. I mean, if you look, uh, you look at, uh, Mnuchin and, uh, uh his son-in-law, uh, getting uh, billions of dollars that, uh, to Matt, I mean, Mnuchin, you can sort of see because he was a finance guy. Uh, so for him managing a billion dollars for the Saudi makes sense, but, uh, the, Having two billion going to Ivanka and company uh, makes no sense at all. So what are they getting for it? You've got to ask. And we know that Trump wanted to give them uh, nuclear technology early in his administration that the Senate refused to let him do. And we know uh, that Trump doesn't take no for an answer. So that technology was certainly uh, that's probably some of what went with him on these foreign trips. And as you pointed out. He went there. He also went to North Korea and actually met 
the first Western, well, the first president certainly ever to have any sort of meeting, meeting with a North Korean uh, uh, leader because uh, no one would do it because it legitimized this uh, rogue yeah. state. Uh, yeah, no one a, would do that. Yeah, it's a rogue, tiny-ass state. You know, with all that's come out about the documents and stuff and, and probably providing uh, nuclear weapon information to adversarial countries. That is about as egregious as you can get, but only Donald Trump can raise it to yet another level. And it's something you brought up. Um, here's a couple of interesting things. In 2019, Donald Trump asked his people for a list of all American spies. He mm-hmm. asked for that list. And, you know, at the time, nobody was thinking anything as crazy as this. They probably said, well, he's the fucking president. If he wants it, he can get it. So he gets all those things. And in these documents that we know that were taken, names of those people are in those documents because they ended up being redacted in the affidavit that was put out. Right. The people who were redacted in that affidavit were two categories. They were either spies or they were people who were Republicans and worked very closely with Donald Trump. Not one Democrat name was in those fucking files. Right. But here, here's Donald Trump going to Helsinki and having a private meeting, an unprecedented private meeting with Vladimir Putin. Nobody can hear what we're talking about. Going North to Korea, going to Saudi Arabia, who wants this information and is partying with the crown prince. He's carrying these boxes around with him over and above the secrets, military secrets, which were no doubt part of this. This motherfucker is getting people killed because now there is this spate of spies being killed and they can't be explained. The only explanation is Donald Trump has given up some fucking names, which is payback for whatever money or favors he wants. I, I think you're absolutely right about it. And um, quite frankly, I'd like to see him pay the penalty for that. And I think anybody, any right thinking person would. Uh, where uh, uh, What I thought would be sort of the coup de grace turns out to be the tip of the iceberg instead. Right. As uh, we go further down the rabbit hole than any of us ever thought we would possibly have to go. Not only do we have an, an idiot and uh, uh, this this vile um, uh, criminal, but he's also a murderer and a traitor uh, of the highest degree. Makes Benedict Arnold look like a patriot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people will always say, well, he's the worst president ever. I'd like to take that a step farther. Based on what he's done and the crimes he's committed against this country, I say he's the worst American generally ever. Nobody's taken advantage of a position of power like he has and done everything he could to destroy the country for his own benefit. I agree a thousand percent on that. And I think even the Republican, even the even the the vile ones, and I hate to keep using that word, but it's the only one that really works. Uh, Even the the Ted Cruz's and, and, and so forth that are starting to pull back just a little bit. Maybe not Cruz, but uh, some of the others are being, if they're not, they're just not offering encouragement now. They're, uh, they're, they're starting to shut up 
you're seeing Lindsey Graham uh, still in there, but Lindsey, I think, is uh, I think Lindsey is uh, also uh, very much compromised. Oh, no um, question, no question. Very much blackmailed by Putin to support Trump. I think you'll find that Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, and uh, at least those, uh, at least those, are uh, definitely. Um, being blackmailed by Putin based on the information he has on them. And I think a goodly portion of the Fox guys are too. Well, a perfect illustration of what you just said. Most of these Republicans are stepping back and being far more quiet than they used to be. Uh, there are some people coming out and saying, isn't this weird timing that this is just coming out at the midterms? Well, this started in May 2021, so fuck you. That's not the way it is. But there's a certain amount of desperation in these Republicans, at least the ones that are willing to speak out. You mentioned Lindsey Graham. and Lindsey Graham just recently said on television, he said, if they indict Donald Trump, which tells me they've already come to the conclusion that he's getting it's indicted. It's going to happen. Run. It's going to happen. If they indict Donald Trump, there's going to be rioting in the streets. Now, is he predicting this? Is he giving us a warning of this? Or is he attempting to incite that? Uh, I think both. I think he's attempting to incite it, and I also think that he's uh, delivering a threat. I do too. And I, and I did something on TikTok and, you know, maybe I'll end up looking stupid, but I, I don't think so. They're at a point right now where they have nothing to lose and they are fighting for their lives and they are flailing. And when you're dealing with bullies, the first thing they do is they go to the threat. If you don't do this, I'm going to beat you up. Right. Um, and typically, typically, you know, bullies are cowards. So they don't really do anything if you face up to them and say, fuck you. Right now, the only thing they have left is to try to instill fear into the general public, which I don't think he can do anymore. But the idea of him trying to incite Republicans or Trump fucks to go out and do something akin to uh, the uh, attack on the U.S. Capitol, I, I just don't see that happening. And I don't see it happening because um, cowards don't go into – they don't wade into anything unless they're sure they're going to win because they are cowards. And uh, we're in a much different time than we were when they attacked the Capitol. You had President Trump protecting him, William Barr and the DOJ protecting him, the people in the Pentagon holding back the National Guard protecting them. They had a gimme going into the U.S. Capitol at this point. I got to tell you, if they mount a crowd of a couple thousand people, go after the Capitol or the FBI, these motherfuckers are going to get put down. Biden doesn't want to see something like that again. There will be nothing held back, and these fuckers will be put down quickly. And it, they are stupid, but they're smarted enough to know that uh, they're at risk now. They don't take risks. Cowards don't take risks. No, I, that's what I put on Twitter this morning. I mean, uh, they'll get to see what a well-regulated militia really looks like. And exactly. it's going to be far more effective than the uh you know, meal team six or uh, <laughs> the uh, apple dumpling, uh, gang. <laughs> the gravy seals. Yeah, yeah. it's going to it's uh, number one. These guys are these little cells here and there. And there is what are they going to do? Are they going to go a, a, a attack uh, Fort Ord in California? What are they going to do? You know, I mean, uh, are they going to uh, 
they're threatening the National Archives, which is insanity run rampant. They're threatening FBI offices. And we saw what happens. You know, the guy shows up with the nail gun that doesn't work. Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> you know, this guy sees a YouTube. Well, this is the way to do it. If you want to get in on the FBI, shoot their windows with a nail gun. Well, that doesn't work. No. We found that out, yeah. you know, and, and these guys wind up either dead or captured. And, 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 and that will be the same thing. It's like the ones who tried to kidnap the governor in, in Michigan. I mean, they're, they're inept. They're stupid. And they're like teenagers playing army out in the, you know, in the fields like I used to do when I was a kid. You know, it's 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 fun, but uh, it's fantasy. It is fantasy. These people are all caught up in a fantasy. As far as I'm concerned, all these Trump fucks wearing the uniforms or whatever they're doing. It's all a bunch of fucking cosplay. It's what do they call them? Uh, what do they call it with the LARPing or something live action? role play it's you know that's all it is and and they think it's real and they think they are patriots but let me let me point something out to those trumplifucks if they think they are stronger than they are you went to the u.s capitol to invade the u.s capitol and stop uh, a constitutional process in with the electors you went there to kill pelosi and 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 kill mike pence you had everything going for you. You had the president sitting with his thumb up his ass for three hours. You had the National Guard being held back. And you still fucking failed. I mean, yeah. you still fucking failed. You still couldn't pull it off. You had every advantage you could possibly have to complete the mission, but you couldn't complete the mission. And again, then what happened? Seven, eight hundred of you are going to fucking jail. God knows how many else and how many people in Congress are going to be held accountable. You fucked it up. When you had your chance, you fucked it up. So what makes you think now, when people are ready for it and willing to push back, that you have any fucking prayer at all? Yeah, well, this is the thing. They don't. And I can't wait for Trump to be indicted. Because if you want to see a silence, Rather, there might be movement in the streets, but it'll be dancing from guys like me. Exactly. Uh, people, there will be people in the streets, but it'll be happy and joyous and people handing out fucking beads and shit. It'll be like uh, a countrywide Mardi Gras. And, and you, you're going to see people that you think were going to uh, be in Washington forever kind of fold their tents and sneak away, hoping that they they're able to uh, escape scrutiny, but uh, they won't be. I mean, uh, Ted Cruz is too out there. Rubio's too out there. Although Rubio, I think, is probably just gonna uh, be defeated and you know go off and run his pack or whatever he's gonna do. I don't right. know. Or go back uh, to go back to prostitution in the park in Miami. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, know. you, you heard that story, right? That he was busted uh, for no. prostitution back when he was a teen. Yeah, I don't know really? the whole story, and I don't know if it's true, but I'm going to repeat it because I don't like that motherfucker. Yeah, well, there's one that um, uh, Mitch McConnell got kicked out of the army for sodomy too. So I don't know. You know, I don't know it's true. <laughs> I don't know it's not. Yeah, no, I don't know it's true, and, and at this point. With what we've gone through with Donald Trump, apparently truth doesn't matter. Exactly. Because they don't care. I mean, 
if we're talking amongst ourselves, truth is important. But when we're talking about the Republicans, they they throw truth aside. So I, I figure, you know, fuck, if you want to lie all the time, then we can lie about you. Maybe it's not a lie. I read the same thing about about Mitch McConnell. And uh, is it possible? Fuck yeah, it's possible. He's a weirdo. Well, you, right. And you look at his marriage. That's a marriage of not convenience. It's a merger. You know? Oh, it is absolutely a merger. When I, I'd like to know when they got married. It had to be after he got some power because she comes from a very wealthy family in China. Yeah, and, Taiwan, I think. And and when she was younger, she wasn't unattractive. But when Mitch was younger, he was wildly unattractive. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's a lot of fucking games being played out there. And if you want to waste your life doing bullshit like that, well, then you deserve what you get. In the end. Now, of course, Mitch says, you know, if they don't take the Senate, he's going to resign. Well, he probably fucking should because he's going to be in a world of hurt. He's already resigning to the fact that that the Democrats are probably going to win in the Senate. And uh, yep. he sees the writing on the wall. He 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 says that that's because of uh, poor quality um, candidates. candidates. And who might he be talking about? Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, J.D. Vance, any number of them. All Donald Trump endorsees. That was the last thing Mitch McConnell wanted to have happen. Yeah, he just pulled all the money out of Arizona, by the way, where the, the their, their most insane candidate is running. I mean, this guy, Hitler would go, you're a little extreme. You know, you want to, might want to dial it back a little bit. Uh, what is his name? Is it Mercer? I can't remember now, but... Um, Anyway, yeah, these are not high-quality candidates. Mitch knows, he's been around long enough to know that people are not necessarily liberal or conservative. They're kind of somewhere in the middle of that. And they don't like extreme candidates of any kind. They don't like OAC. They don't like Dr. Oz. They want somebody that they feel like you know, the, the big question is somebody you can have a beer with, maybe, or better yet, they want somebody who has knowledge they don't have, who can manage the affairs they don't understand. That is what your average American wants. They have a handle on what they know, but they know they're not up to managing international relations, the American economy, and and everything else, the education system, everything else that goes together to make this country. I'm not up to it. I don't think you're up to it. I don't think any one individual is up to it, But and we all know that. But if there's somebody out there screaming, I can do it, only I can fix it, uh, I'm afraid people, uh, I don't know how Trump was, well, I do know how. Uh, Comey knocked off Hillary by right. coming out with that statement right before uh, the election that he was reopening the case on her emails. That was it. That did it. Otherwise, uh, Donald Trump would be a footnote in history. Somebody made a comment, um, sent me an email on the podcast here, and they said something that sounds crazy. But I tend to agree with them. Uh, this emailer said, said, uh, as much bad as Donald Trump has done for this country, he did one very important good thing for this country, an important thing for this country. Can you imagine what he's meaning by that? 
Um, you'll, you'll have to, unless he brought to the fore that there are forces in this country that are working against it. Um, I don't know what else, uh, this person would mean. Well, that's exactly right. You know, we, uh, we were talking about white supremacy, racism and all that stuff. People right. have thought over the past 30 years that things have gotten better when in fact it hasn't gotten better. It's just that they were hiding under their rocks and right. same with the corruption and criminality in, 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 in our government. Donald Trump has uh, brought all this stuff to a, the surface like a fucking fever blister. It's always been there. Maybe not as bad as what it is with Donald Trump, but this corruption, this criminality, this game playing, this racism, the misogyny, the anti-Semitism, it's all been there. But now he's brought it to the top. So maybe this gives us the opportunity to address it and do what we can to either muffle it or eradicate it. Absolutely. It's like having a, an infection that you're not aware of. Right, um, right. And uh, it, it can be working against you, and you, you may feel like something's not right. Maybe you're tired a lot and so forth, but um, until that infection is found, you can't deal with it. Well, now we know where the infection is, and it's way more virulent than we ever thought it was. We thought we had made progress. We thought that we had made progress on civil rights and voting rights and women's rights and, and immigrant rights, but it turns out we hadn't made any at all. That, uh, there were half the country was still extreme, maybe more than half, still extremely racist, still anti-woman, still anti-immigrant and, uh, very much white supremacist, uh, that, that's their emphasis. And they may not even have known it, some of them. But here comes this guy there with their who is there now their standard bearer who says it's okay to be that way. I'm that way. Look at me. I'm rich. I'm a billionaire, which of course is a, is a lie. But uh, um, people see that and they they uh, it was like um, Rush Limbaugh uh, before Rush. There were a lot of people that. Uh, probably didn't even think about the things that he exposed on uh, on a daily basis. But hearing him say it, they suddenly go, oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. I really do. And somebody's um, actually saying it. You know, in the, yes. in, in the last podcast, I made a comparison between Donald Trump and somebody else in the entertainment business. And when I first started looking at it, I thought, oh, this is fucking out there. People are going to give me shit about this. But in the 80, late 80s, 90s, now people who listened to the podcast yesterday will have heard this, but I'm going to bring it up because I want to see what you think about this. Um, in late 80s and 90s in comedy, that was kind of a hot time for comedy. And I was watching a show maybe on Netflix that's called The Dark Side of Comedy. I know and, who you're going to say. And and when when Andrew Dice Clay came out. That's him. He couldn't have been more homophobic, more racist, more misogynistic, more prone to violence because he would talk about smacking people in the head and all that stuff. And then when I'm watching this, I'm watching the shows and somebody said something. They weren't making the comparison, but they were saying, I think Lisa Lampanelli said, you know, his, his, his concerts while they were at Madison Square Garden, everything almost became rallies. And they showed footage of yep. his shows 
that looked like Donald Trump's rallies, people standing up, screaming. It wasn't even just about comedy anymore. It was about ideology, and Andrew Dice Clay made it free for them to talk about it. Now, Andrew Dice Clay isn't really like that. That was a fucking character he was playing, but he was benefiting from it, and he was using it to the hilt. But to me, that could have been a flag to us, that there is a faction of people out there that believe this racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic bullshit. And they were brought to the surface then. Now, he was just a fucking dumbass comedian. He lasted a few years, and then he was shamed away and and and, and never to be seen again in that form. That right, should have been exactly. a flag to us. Because it then when Donald been. Trump comes out and is president and can actually do shit, that's how much worse it got. Well, if we if you want to jump back a ways, uh, I want to give you two examples. Um, I knew you were going to say Andrew Dice Clay because uh, I had thought of that same thing a while back. Uh, that if he if he had wanted to be a politician, he could have he could have uh, gone right on at at that particular time when he was getting. Uh, it was oh, kind absolutely. of a low a low point for me. I had, uh, after working at a, a radio station for three years, it had been bought by uh, somebody else. The guy who owned it retired, and they they just fired everybody and brought in their own people, leaving me and a bunch of other people in the lurch. Right. And my, my wife and I decided, what are we going to do? Are we going to uh, look for another job out here in the hinterland, or are we just going to move back to the Twin Cities and see if I can find something eventually, take whatever I can get, to begin with and look for a media job. And that's what we decided to do. And, and, and it worked out. It was the best decision we could have made. But uh, I took a job uh, setting appointments for uh, a window and siding salesman. Right. I, uh, and the people who worked with me, uh, you know, we've talked about carnies before, right? <laughs> well, yeah. well, you don't get any lower than telemarketing, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, on this level, I mean, most of them were drug addicted of, in some form. If, uh, if you went to the bathroom, the whole one whole side of the wall was, was, was peppered with pot residue from people cleaning out their one hitters. And, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, know, man, I did it too. It was, uh, it was, um, it was like, like I say, it was something I had to do. I needed the paycheck, but I did it for as little a time as I could until I could get a, another radio gig. But these people loved Andrew Dice Clay. Of course. They had his videos and, and they, they would have parties to watch his stuff and him and Morton Downey Jr. You remember that guy? That fucking idiot. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, on TV, these, these guys were their heroes. And, uh, I mean, you know, it didn't, it didn't jibe with me. I mean, the, the pot smokers I knew were all laid back hippie types, right? Right. And, and, you know, some in the arts and so forth. These, these people wouldn't have known art from a rock. I mean, they did, they knew your basic eat, sleep with somebody and get high. That right. was their day. You know, right. and, and, uh, which sounds like a pretty good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, when you talk about it, I'll be right back. No, um, <laughs> but seriously, the, uh, I saw that propensity, but if you, if you want to jump back even further, there is, uh, there's a movie that uh, for some reason you'd never see. It has disappeared. Um, and I, 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 you might be able to find a, a copy of of it on uh, 
you know, online or something somewhere, but it was called WUSA. And it was uh, Paul Newman really? about a, a radio guy who uh, goes to work for this, like a, like a, what would be like a superstation. I mean, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, that was kind of the implication. The, uh, uh, there was a, a kind of a political figure who owned a radio station and he brought this Paul Newman guy in to uh, do essentially what Rush did. Only, uh, uh, and, and uh, it was so spot on. I think maybe that was, uh, that was why it disappeared. If, if you can find it, I highly suggest you write it, get it because it is a tremendous film that was uh, somehow rather suppressed. And I, and I, I don't know why other than uh, politically, it was too spot on. Um, if you want to go back even further, Andy Griffith did one called a face in the crowd. It's about this uh, uh, folk singer, country music singer guy uh, called Lonesome Roads and uh, he becomes that kind of figure too. Wow. So this has been going on forever. That one you should be able to find on uh, Turner Classic Movies or somewhere streaming uh, right now. Once again, it's called A Face in the Crowd, and uh, it is uh, it's it's an American classic. And uh, everyone everyone should see it because I think you'll recognize you'll you'll recognize the potential for a Trump for an Andrew Dice Clay, for, for all of these people. It, it's, it's always, it, no, there is nothing new under the sun. Let me put it that way. And, and both of those films will prove that to you. Well, there's Joe McCarthy and that whole situation. I got to, right. we're, we're going to we're going to take a break here in a minute, but I got to tell you this story. You brought up Paul Newman playing a radio person, which I, I, I never heard of. I'd never heard of a cool guy playing a radio guy. That's <laughs> totally out of character, but there was another situation where another guy, cool, cool guy played a radio guy. And it was just about the time I, I had met my wife. We weren't married yet, of course. And I was working at uh, one of the radio stations. I think it was WAYL or something. And I was working at night. Okay. Yeah. And, and my wife was a big Clint Eastwood fan. And she would call up jokingly and say, uh, play Misty for Misty me. Misty for me. Yeah. I'd never seen the movie. I didn't really? see the fucking humor. I go, what? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing music, honey. I'm fucking Misty. I never heard Misty. And then she had to explain to me that it was a movie and she was trying to be clever. And I said, well, <laughs> it's lost on me because I didn't know the fucking movie. Um, it, it's, it's weird when you think about it. It's like every so often one of these guys, one of these fever blisters pops up and then everybody goes, okay, good. It's our turn. And then it gets pushed down again. The important thing to remember is it always gets pushed down. It never lasts. And this situation with Donald Trump is going to be the same thing. And we're seeing that trending that way now, thankfully. You know, what's funny, I when I was in language school in Monterey, California, the uh, radio station that they use in the, in Play Misty for me yeah. uh, is there. It's really? an actual radio station. And the, the funny thing is, sometimes late at night, Clint Eastwood would come in and play jazz. Really? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. 
Wow. And uh, I don't know if he started doing it before Play Misty for me or he started doing it after. I'm not sure which. But occasionally, if you tuned in, there was no mistaking it. They never, ever told you it was going to happen. He would just show up. Wow. <laughs> kind of like Prince when he'd show yeah. up at concerts. Get off the stage. Exactly. I'm going to do this. Now it's, it's, it, it, it's interesting. And it, it says a lot about society that while they're not a majority in this country, there is a sizable group of people that live their lives with hate and fear. And that's all they've got. They, they, they have a lot of hate and they hate people because they're fearful. They're fearful of the brown people coming across the border or people of color getting a little standing in this country or or women coming out of the kitchen and putting shoes on. There are people out there, as antiquated as that sounds, there are people who still believe this. Oh, yes. And more than you would think. Yeah, it it is weird. I remember when I was when I was young, I had two grand two sets of grandparents, one set of grandparents, my my grandfather Vern, and I kind of relate to him the most. He and I have a similar personality, sense of humor, similar body type and the way we look and stuff like that. And I always related to him very closely. And then there was my grandmother. She was like a little fucking typhoon. She was always cleaning something, very opinionated. She would say the worst shit to people, not trying to be mean necessarily. It's just that she was incredibly blunt. And you know how I hate blunt people. <laughs> but, <laughs> I wonder I, where you got it from. But, anyway. but, but I remember being someplace, and you have to understand, my grandmother, I was her favorite grandkid. Because I was her first grandkid, the oldest grandkid. And people would see it. She, she favored me all the time, but she didn't save me from her wrath at times. I remember being at a party with a bunch of cousins, distance cousins, and we're all dressed up and we're there. <laughs> and we walk up and I'm like 12 or 13 years old. And as I walk up, she introduces us to those that didn't know me. Most people did. And then she looks at me and she goes, wow, Mike. Those pimples are really getting out of control. You should stop eating chocolate. <laughs> and, and so, and so, I mean, I, I'm destroyed. I'm 12, 13 years old. Sure. I want you, people, you got one pimple, you're about ready to shoot yourself. No shit. And so as I got older and, and, and you know, I, I would give it back to her in some way. And, uh, she didn't like that, but we still had that close relationship in spite of that. But, but that's how she was. And the funny thing about it is in spite of that personality, in spite of how she acted, when it ever came down to decisions or anything like that, she always deferred to my grandfather. And I said, don't you have some thoughts about this? She said, no, 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 no. It's the man's job to make the decision. And I thought that was so weird. She was so independent and so blunt, but she would always defer to my grandfather. Now, that's part of the era. That's part of yeah. the era. I don't think my wife has deferred to me on fucking everything, anything. She's more likely to question me <laughs> shit than defer to me, which is fine. I, I, I deserve to be questioned now and again. Uh, but. You know, when you look at like Andrew Dice Clay or some of these movies in the past, the one thing I think people forget is that there was a time when misogyny, racism, even anti-Semitism was accepted. I mean, 
It was just part of life. In in the 60s, if you said the N-word, you wouldn't be canceled. Uh, somebody might say, I shouldn't say that. But it wouldn't be any big deal. That era was an era where it kind of, kind of perpetuated racism and that sort of thing. And, and and I think a lot of the young kids don't realize it wasn't that long ago. I mean, granted, I'm old and the 60s is a while ago. But when you think about the shit that happened, you know, women just trying to get fucking rights, trying to get to vote, trying to be able to get their own credit card. They didn't really see any action on that till late 60s, 70s. That's not that long ago. No, and as a matter of fact, uh, just the other day, I, I walk by this old cemetery every day with my dog, and there's a lady buried there. Now. Her name is uh, Ruth Hale. And uh, uh, do you remember Haywood Hale Brun? I do. The, the, I do. the TV commentator? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she was his mother, and his father was Haywood Brun, who was a newspaper guy in New York. She was also, uh, she wrote for the Washington Post. She wrote for the New York Times. She had a couple of uh, plays on Broadway. She wrote librettos for operas. And she was a member of the uh, the Algonquin uh, Roundtable, a group of uh, intelligentsia with, along with Dorothy Parker and, and so forth, who met at the Algonquin Hotel in New York. They were They were quite famous in the 30s and 40s. And um, she's she's buried here. This is where she was born. Uh, Hale is a big name in this town. And um, she uh, on her um, tombstone, it, it mentions that she was was married to Haywood Bruin for a certain number of years. Uh, she always her big thing. She was very feminist and she always wanted to keep her own name. But you could not do that. Right. In her era, if you got married. She never left the country because she couldn't get a passport in her own name. Wow. That's independent. Uh, Right. But I, I, this has never been confirmed to me, but I believe that she, that, that Haywood, because they lived in the same house until she died, but they got divorced. And I really believe that was so that she could get her own name back to put on her gravestone. Wow. Which is kind of romantic, and it's kind of, and like I say, I don't know that, but I do, if you know what I mean. And that's 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 a story that uh, uh, is always in the back of my mind that this is what women had. The she had to get a divorce to get her own name back, and and that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. I think my wife married me to. Uh get away from her name, but I'm, I'm joking. Well, I'm kind of jo- not really joking, but kind of joking. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back on the Rational Boomer podcast. Ed is with me today. We're talking about all things that are news. Um, it's interesting. We're hearing about with all these documents found that Donald Trump stole and all the investigations going on and all the egregious behavior that it seems happened when he had these things, uh, we're somehow getting Donald Trump's legal team, which is sketchy at best. He's not had much luck with getting a good legal team. But now they're asking for this special master, essentially Mm -hmm. to look over what the DOJ has already looked over. Now, the ironic thing about this is this judge who's suggesting that uh, was appointed by Donald Trump, uh, but it poses some problems. Uh, 
I mean, we've got highly classified documents. They've never used a special master in these kinds of situations before. It's kind of inappropriate given the circumstances. He should have filed this in D.C. He filed it in Florida, so that's a problem there. But and not even in not even in Florida, where the original uh, uh, not affidavit, but the uh, search warrant was issued. It should have been filed in that court, but he goes to a different court where there is a judge that he has appointed who's also a member of the Federalist Society. We should point that out, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, And, and the whole point of this is so that they can find some attorney-client privilege stuff, um, mm-hmm. which the DOJ is already either in the process of already sorted out and sent back to him, or, or they were even talking about executive privilege, which is ironic because that doesn't even exist anymore for Donald Trump. You've got to be a sitting president to, to assert, uh, executive privilege and he just doesn't have that anymore. That doesn't make any sense. But the whole point of this is to throw up a delay. That's, that's all they have now is to, to try to delay things. And what we're finding out is that as much as they want to delay it and as much as it is annoying, Time eventually runs out. You're just you're just delaying the inevitable. Exactly. And and if they wanted to get it over with before the midterms, they should not have delayed it. As it is now, it's going to be front page news right on up until the day of the election. And and they may think to a certain extent that may spur their base. I don't know. I think it will take away more uh, undecided voters, then it will spur the base. I mean, he's got the base anyway. Yeah. They're all going to vote for Trump no matter what. It's the undecideds that make the difference. And uh, the more he is in the headlines as someone who is trying to do something shady, the more he's going to lose. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Well, it is. And, 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 and the thing about it is, is this is how oblivious these people are. When the initial search happened and they found these top secret documents in the minds of those people around Trump. And even some Republicans were thinking, Oh, this could be good for us. I don't know where the fuck they would come up with that. How could this possibly be good for us? So they're not only gaslighting us or at least attempting to gaslighting us. They're trying to gaslight them fucking selves. Well, that that's pretty much it. I mean, what they want to do is portray the Biden administration as the Trump administration, essentially, to yeah. paint them as fascist and that they're running these. If they can run a raid on Trump's house, they can do it on you for the $12 you cheated the government out of on your tax return, right, you know, which right. is all fantastic bullshit but but uh you know this is this is how their minds work this is the the think tank mentality where they decide on every day on what the talking coin is going to be and send it out to everybody oh today it's hunter's laptop uh tomorrow it's going to be that the uh the student loans all go to wealthy uh, uh, women's studies majors, you know, yeah. and, and this kind of stuff, you know, which is all bullshit. We all know who gets student loans. It's poor people. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, because the rich people don't need fucking loans. It's just, you know, when it, the entire time I've seen Donald Trump being president, I've seen the Republicans act the same way. 
None. There's no thought about this. It's all reactionary, and it's 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 like what we talked about with the base trying to create fear, and 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 hate to work to their benefit. I think that uh, whenever I've seen narcissists before, they go through a process. They're in the bullying stage where they're winning, and then things start to go off kilter, and they they start to spiral. You know. Yep. And ultimately, they crash. They come to the point where they're cornered and there is no way out. Every ploy they've ever used no longer works. And that's where the Republicans and Donald Trump are currently. Um, and at that point, all they do is they throw out everything and anything, whether it makes any sense or not. They are just like a a, a, a rat caught in a corner. They'll do anything to get out. And when they do that, they make fucking immense mistakes and they never win. They will all ultimately be vanquished. I, I agree. And it's funny that you came up with that imagery because that's exactly what I was going to say. If you corner a rat, they'll fight. Otherwise, they run, they, they hide, they try to get away. But if they're cornered, they will fight savagely. They will strike out and put their all into it. That's the nature of the rat. And we're dealing with rats here, no doubt about it. Uh, the scummier, the most rabid uh, possible. And, and, and I apologize to the rats quite frankly. Yeah, no uh, shit. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. This is the thing that's always confused me. And this is why this whole cult of mind thing comes into play. That's the only explanation I can make. Politics have always been the same way. They side with somebody as long as they can get votes or money, right? right. But when things start to go wrong for that candidate or group of people, you see people pulling back and saying, fuck, I don't, I don't want to be tied to that. I'll move on to the next good thing that'll get me votes and money. But for whatever reason with Donald Trump and these trump these people have stood by their side for an inordinate amount of time. Yeah. I mean, to the point where they're past the, uh, past the time where they can really walk by. They went all in on Donald Trump and the trump And now... If they've waited this long, even if they step back, there's no way to free themselves from the stink of Donald Trump and everything around him. I, I don't understand, unless there's some psychosis or something that causes them to do it, why they haven't stepped away before now. The opportunities were there. The signs were there. I I I have to believe that somewhere deep down they believe that some there's they're they're like Mike Lindell almost they they believe there's some way that if they just believe hard enough that uh, that if they just clap their hands hard enough that uh, that Trump will be restored to the presidency and and it's easy to see why they like him is because he gave them this gigantic tax cut uh, he destroyed the regulatory operations. He did everything to make it, uh, you know, like the wide open wild west for rich people uh, to do anything right. they want to do. I don't know if you've ever, I don't watch them, but I see them in, uh, in passing the, the, uh, the reality TV that, uh, uh, which isn't real, of course, but the, yeah. the, 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 uh, housewives of right. which there are many, many different permutations, but uh, there are these idle rich women who, spend their time basically backbiting each other. And um, I mean, that's, that's the, the way the, the shows are put together and it's all of course manipulated and so forth, but the people do exist. Yeah. You have 
have these, in this case, women, but you could just as well have men, I'm sure, that, uh, you know, they, uh, they don't technically work. They clip their coupons. They have some sort of, of uh, a revenue source that uh, um, Trump basically um, helped them make out pretty well over the four years he was in. And, and they missed that because uh, in order for them to prosper, everybody else has to not prosper. Right. And, and, right. and that's fine. That's fine with them. And, uh, you know, it, it happened a little bit with Bush. It happened a lot with Reagan. And, and Trump is just the latest, uh, uh, latest version of this, this guy who makes it good for the idle rich. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, and, and you know, the, my wife, not so much anymore, used to watch The Housewives. Yeah. And I'd always say to her, and, and and if you watch the housewives, no, no, I'm I'm not trying to demean you or anything, but I look at them as just fucking stupid pigs, you know. Yeah. They, they 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 have no, they're not in touch with reality at all. And what I always used to joke with my wife about it is, they'd all get together and plan a big trip. They'd go on the trip, and there would be this huge fucking fight, and they would argue and fight and hate each other forever. <laughs> but the moment they got back, they're planning another fucking trip. Come on, learn a fucking lesson. <laughs> well, well, this is this is the thing. I mean, it, it it's obvious fantasy. I asked my wife the same question: Why would you even watch that? And she says it makes me feel superior. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? no, I get that. I get that. You know, I don't have a million a million dollars, but I'm better than these people. You know, <laughs> and and I think that really is the attraction. And it's kind of kind of like uh, uh, when they used to when people used to go to the madhouses and watch the inmates put on plays. Uh, the uh, um, there was a, an attraction there that uh, it's it's the same sort of thing. There's a train wreck or a car crash or right something. exactly. There's, there's always gawkers ready to uh, stick their nose in the middle of it. Yeah, that seems to be the case. You know, it's 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 the geek in the pit with the live chicken. That's what it is. And you know, I mean, it's uh, uh, that's uh, that uh, that appeals to the less sophisticated audience, let us say. But it's 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 very little different between that and watching Mike Tyson beat some poor guy to death in the ring, or uh, you know, any number of other things. You brought up Mike Lindell, and of course, last weekend Mike Lindell had a uh, <laughs> another extravaganza on his TV network, which is basically the internet. Um, right. And of course, he was coming out and saying that uh, uh, that he had all new evidence, and all fifty states were going to do this and that and this. And of course, none of it happened. I saw a reporter from Vice or something go up to him and talk to him, and and immediately. Um, <laughs> immediately Mike Lindell was uh, offended and on the defensive against this guy and saying, you're just the, the, the libtard media. You're just this, you're communist, you're socialist. And that was his only ploy. I mean, he's had a number of occasions where he's going to expose this stuff and he doesn't yet. He says he did. He's yeah. lost every court case that could possibly be lost. And for some reason, these people believe 
everything he says. I mean, they had people around him supporting him like he was fucking Donald Trump. And, you know, you mentioned that you thought that they could wish it into existence, and maybe that's true. But part of it, part of me thinks that they are so desperate right now because they know all is lost. Like the rat in the corner, they're just trying anything. They think they can can impose their will on people who know better by just being louder, longer, and stronger. Uh, it won't work, of course, but that's all they've got left. Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, they tend to be a certain age, if you've noticed, and, and it's probably a little older than you. It's it's pretty much my contemporaries. This is what the, the whole MAGA thing appears to do, uh, uh, appeals to, is make America great again. Well, for them, that was the 1950s when white people were on top. You didn't right. see, uh, I mean. Um, the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember seeing, I, I forget, uh, some black uh, entertainment figure talking about it. I, I don't remember who it was now, but they say, she said back when, uh, when TV was first getting going, uh, you'd get a phone call that'd say, Nat King Cole's going to be on TV tonight. Anytime there was a black person who was going to be on TV, it went through the grapevine. And if you didn't have a TV, you went to a house where somebody where they did, because minorities were pretty much invisible on television. It's like Mayberry. I think there was one black guy <laughs> in the whole town of Mayberry, for example. Right. But, right. but uh, you know, and, and everything was quiet and nobody was uh, challenging the fact that uh, that white men, just like you talked about with your your grandmother deferring to your father, well, when I was a kid, the white men ran this town, and they were the merchants, and they were in all of the service clubs and so forth. And I don't know when they went home because they were in the VFW and the American Legion, the Chamber of Commerce, and the Lions, and the the Eagles, and the uh, I could you know the, there were the Moose Club, and uh, there were so many, and uh, of course the. Uh, 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 the secret one, the secret society, the. Uh, uh, Masonic Lodge. Uh, right, that was right. a big one too. And, uh, I don't know when they ever went home because most of them were involved in these things. And it was, it was this nice little clicky civilization that had nothing to do with life that, uh, um, it, it was a, an artificial kind of sealed existence where we, where they pretended that, that, uh, uh, this was the way things should be and that there was no problem anywhere. Well, uh, there was no problem for them, but there was certainly a problem for the black people who couldn't get a job, who couldn't live anywhere except in uh, gravel town and, and all of these other terrible things that were going on. The women who get, get a credit card, even if they were single. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or had to have some, uh, to get a loan, they had to have a male co-signer, a father, an uncle, a brother, whatever it might be. Um, but, but it was great if you were a white guy of a certain yeah. status. You know, you know, I, I, I want, I want to go a little further on that, but I, I, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, somebody made an observation about Mayberry during the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. They, they said, if you look at that show, Nobody on the show was married. Andy wasn't married. Aunt B wasn't married. Uh, Don Knotts wasn't married. Howard Sprague wasn't married. Goober wasn't married. The only person that was married that we knew was married 
Otis the drunk. <laughs> I wonder if they did that intentionally. I, who knows? May I? I don't know. I mean, the question is: was was Andy and Helen getting it on? Yeah, yeah. Something had to be well, happening. Andy well, was the a good-looking guy. They, from what I've heard, they actually were. Uh, I mean, not not. I mean, Andy Griffith and uh, Helen Donat, I think your name, whatever it was. They actually did. Uh, they actually did have an affair going for the whole time of the thing. And they but, all, uh, and, and they always, you know, you know where she came from too. Well, at least one of them did. Was Eleanor uh, Donahue, who came from Father's Knows Best, who went on to be on Andy Griffith. But they always, right. do you, you remember, they always had those two loose women that would show up. Every so often, yes. remember? One had a I fucking doll. <laughs> one had the low gravelly voice and they were yes. dressed in tight clothes. It was a I love that fucking show. I I I just did. Everybody did. That's why it, it could have run forever uh, if they had won. well it did even without Andy. I mean, Mayberry RFD went on for a few more years. Yeah, you know? Ken Berry took it over. Yeah, it was a it was a good show. And now they've got this new thing coming out about Mayberry. I don't know. It's an internet thing or something. I don't know what that's about. I got to check it out. It should be interesting. Well, I, I don't know if, uh, if you ever watch CBS Sunday morning, but uh, they had a show. Uh, um, it was, they did, ran it first last winter and then they reran it a couple of weeks ago where uh, uh, they went to Mayberry. Well, they went to Mount Airy, right. which is, which is the the prototype for Mayberry and they pretty much become Mayberry. You can go there and you can ride in the police car and you could go to the diner and so forth and so on. And uh, Tom Brokaw was the the guy who went there and he was interviewing these people and uh, uh, they were all Trump supporters. He of was course. on a, a tour bus and there's this one lady, oh, I love that man talking about Trump. And another guy was going, well, we just want to make sure we don't come off as some kind of dumb Southerners. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do. You do. But I mean, these people were coming here and, and really the, I give, um, uh, the, the the producers credit they didn't they didn't push it that way they just let the people talk but uh, it was so obvious that the people were coming to experience this because there were uh it was when america was great in their opinion yeah and that that's pitiful because and this is this may be controversial but i'm going to say it anyway if you go to a church with no black people in it, if you haven't had a black person at your house for dinner ever, <laughs> if you if you haven't if you don't play golf with someone of a different race or or tennis or or whatever, if you don't socialize with people of different races, you're a racist. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but you know, if you live out in the hinterlands where there are just no black I mean, I know I know people who live out in the fucking country that even haven't even met a black person. So it's a little well, hard to have I'll over exempt, dinner. I will, I will exempt those people, but I'm, I'm saying if you are in a, if you live in an area in which there are plenty of people, and I'm not just saying black, it can be Asian, Native American. I don't care what. Yeah. If you only socialize with white people, then you're probably a racist yeah. to a certain extent. Well, passive. Or, or fearful 
I mean, it yeah. goes back to what I said. You have hate and fear. And there are some people that are just fearful of people of color, white people particularly, uh, or, 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 or they hate another, another group of people. And it's, it, it's troubling because it's all misinformation that's been fed to you all your life. You know, I mean, I had a father that was racist and, you know, if I go back in time in the sixties or seventies, did I ever have a racist thought or say something racist? I'll guarantee you I fucking did because I didn't know any better because that's exactly. all I had. Now my mom was different. She wasn't racist. So I had that kind of fed into me. And, and over time, it just didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I had friends that were black and Asian and whatever. And, um, some of the worst kids I knew were fucking white. So <laughs> there, there was no logic to the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I think we should all be open to talking to whoever. Let's, let's judge people on the, on the quality of their character as opposed to how they look. Because to me, the color of skin is no different than the color of hair or color of eyes or whatever. Uh, now I might, you know, it's the whole thing never made sense to me and it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't go with logic at all, but, but people are fearful and that's really what it is because they've instilled this fear that all people of color are going to take over and, 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 and throw you to the wolves. That's not going to happen. Well, it, it's true. And, um, um, I'm, I, I had thought that we had gotten past some of that to bring it right back to where we started, so to speak. Right. I, I had thought that we had gotten past that. I had thought that subsequent generations, had uh, had uh, put that behind them. That, that turns out not to be so much true. Uh, I will say that it's probably a lot better than than it was when I was a kid, for sure. Well, it's not as overt. Certainly. I think the mindset is still there. It's just not as overt. We don't have separate water fountains. We don't have separate bathrooms. People can go into restaurants. But I think there are people out there that if they could get away with it, they'd demand that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there are people to this day, and and it's not just in the South, folks. No, I, I no, could, no, uh, no, 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 uh, no. Who would just love to be able to say, well, it's my restaurant, and I say who comes in. They'd right. love to be able to say that, or, or my bait shop, or whatever it may be. I only want the people that I want to serve, and, and uh, I should be able to do that. Uh, and that's bull. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let it happen. <laughs> so uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it, as my mom used to say. But she would have slapped the pipe out of my head if I no, had. <laughs> no, no, no kidding. Now, you know, one of the things I talked about on, a, on on TikTok today was about this claim. Right after the 2020 election, you heard Republicans and Democrats saying, oh, the Republicans are going to win the midterms in the House and the Senate because historically – that's always what happens. And I've always said, yeah, I don't think that's the case. And then, of course, as we talked about, Mitch McConnell's pretty much given up on the Senate. It's going to go to the Democrats. And then people said, well, still the House is going to go to the Republicans. And I could never understand that because people would say, why, why don't you think that's going to happen? That's what's happened over history. Well, we've got things going on that we've never seen in history. But put it to you this way, from 2020 to now, what have the Democrats done to gain votes? Nothing has happened to the Republicans other than things that would cost them votes. So logic tells me, they can't win the house either. 
Well, I think most pundits would say the gerrymandering that exists guarantees a certain level of Republican return. Uh, there's just no way a Democrat can win in some of these states the way that the uh, the districts are drawn and so forth, right? And and right. I get that. I mean, you got to give them some of that, right? But Roe versus Wade, student loan forgiveness, infrastructure, so many things that every all of Biden's agenda that we have got through. We've seen his uh, popularity go up like 11 points in the last month. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's working. Uh, Dark Brandon is trending in a positive <laughs> way. And, uh, and uh, I just saw that the generic ballot, which was, you know, going the Republicans way by large margin, uh, as much as a couple of months ago, is now within uh, two points of swinging to the Democrats with a bullet as they say in the music industry. So, uh, uh, yeah, knocking wood here, you know, barring disaster. Um, I, I, I don't, I think uh, a lot of pundits are be going, well, uh, I don't know what happened because the Republicans were supposed to win. Well, all I can say is the rational boomer, as long as, uh, a year and a half ago, we're saying that's bullshit. The Republicans are not going to win. We'll see if, if we're right here. But, but the, but the thing is, is that, that the Republicans right now are in a bad position. They're losing ground with all that's going to pass between now and the midterms. We're talking a couple months, right? A yeah. couple of months, a lot of shit is going to come down. There's going to be more about Donald Trump, more about his treasonous behavior, more about the January 6th committee. Cause people are, people are kind of sleeping on the January 6th committee because they've been gone for about a month, but they're coming back in September. And whatever we saw previously, a lot of people may have forgotten about because they've been distracted to Donald Trump. Nothing that's right. helping the Republicans. But when that January 6th committee comes back in September, it's going to be way worse than what we saw in the first segment. Yeah, it's and, and it's going to be an even bigger audience. I mean, the Republicans were trying to say nobody's watching. We knew that wasn't true. Right. But it's going to be a much bigger audience now. And the, the folks that think they're going to skate, like uh, Rona, what's her name, the head of the RNC and so forth, the people that are on Facebook or um, Twitter running their mouths every day. These, these people, these people are going to be uh, facing some serious scrutiny and possibly some indictments. Uh, those, uh, the ones who uh, uh, were involved with the fake electors, those right. who were uh, involved with coordinating, getting people to the Capitol. I'm talking about you, Jenny Thomas. I'm talking about you, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, these people are going to be, if not indicted, they're going to be uh, under such scrutiny that they're going to have to fold their tents and get out of town or something because uh, they they are in jeopardy, whether they know it or not. One thing I will tell you, you maybe know this, a lot of people maybe don't. You're talking about Ronna McDaniel, Rona McDaniel, whatever her name yeah. is. Something people also need to know, she used to go by Rona Romney McDaniel. She is uh -huh. Mitt Romney's niece. Yep. Much to his chagrin, because he's he's not like. <laughs> she don't his. say the she don't say the Romney no more. <laughs> I'm sure Mitt said, "Fucking take that name out your mouth, motherfucker." Yep. 
because you're not doing me any good here. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Uh, but, but, but the, the, the thing about it is, is that these people, it's all going to go very badly. And the January 6th committee, Adam Kinzinger, I think said this, he said, uh, they're going to be looking a lot of in the, in the upcoming January 6th hearings about the financing of how this all happened on January 6th. We know that, we know that Jenny, Jenny, uh, Thomas had some part in paying for the buses to come up here. Yes. Or come up to Washington, D.C. They said it. She said that wasn't the case. And then a text comes out that says, Hey, send me your Venmo and I'll send you some money. So we know yep. she was involved. People keep wondering, when is Jenny Thomas? When is this going to be found out? I think in the upcoming January 6th committees, that's when we're going to see it. When it comes to the financing of it, who was involved? What sitting members of Congress were involved? What, what wife of a, uh, uh, of a Supreme Court justice was involved? How was Donald Trump involved and the Trump family in putting this all together? That's going to expose a lot of shit when those first hearings start up. Well, I, I, I can't wait. I, I, I've already got my popcorn. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. I mean, it's all I have to do is pop it, you know, and we'll be, uh, we'll be glued to the screen as will the rest of America because we haven't seen anything like this since Watergate. And, uh, it's, it's, it's almost tragic that it's good entertainment, but it is. Yeah. No, and, it uh, is. Well, it's good that it's good entertainment. If it were boring, nobody would watch it. And now they have to watch it because they love the gossip of it all. And now they'll be fed the information they need to know. It's, it's, you know, it's almost when you look at this situation where we're at now, two months out from the midterms, it's almost like the stars are aligning. Inflation is coming down. Gas prices coming down. Biden's polls are going up quickly. He's passed more bills in two years than any president in history, and all of it is good for people in the middle class. <clears throat> Everything is aligned, and that's why I always say, how how do the Republicans win? They haven't done jack shit. They tried to stop the good stuff, and they've got all this criminality and corruption behind them. Tell me what they fucking did to win an election. And, and, it's, it's, and you said the gerrymandering too. Let me ask you this question because I don't know this answer. I'm, I'm, I may be being too hopeful about this. Gerrymandering, I understand how they can win elections that way. Yeah. But, but if we have a similar situation as we had in 2020, when we had an unprecedented amount of people coming out, because they were scared. And I think we'll have a similar situation in this midterm. We'll have an unprecedented amount of people voting in the midterms just by the sheer and vast numbers that the Democrats could come out with. Would that override some of these gerrymandering uh, situations? In some cases, it might actually do that. Um, like for instance, here in Tennessee, where I am, um, it, it um, they have uh, done such a good job of it that the Democrats are pretty much beaten down. Uh, out in West Tennessee, they're still a factor, and to a certain extent, in some areas around Nashville, they're still a factor, but uh, not enough to ever get a, go- a governorship or a senatorship or even uh, you know have an overwhelming group of congressmen. It's just too well gerrymandered, and, and um, that's that's the same in a lot of, uh, especially the southern states and even some of the western ones. Uh, um, the only reason uh, Liz Cheney 
was defeated was because there was a Republican who ran against her. No Democrat could ever have beaten her because of that. Uh, what we need to do, and, and it broke my heart that we weren't able to do it, uh, it, we need to be able to redraw the congressional districts and the party in power gets to do it every 10 years. And we've been screwed like three times in a row. Uh, we have managed to lose the, the government uh, in the year in which that is done. So uh, uh, if we can do that, I mean, you can do it somewhat with the courts, but we're not having a lot of uh, luck there because unfortunately they were able to put in a lot of justices, just like the one who was looking at the special master thing uh, and who, who've been put in place to hear that sort of uh, uh, complaint and, and just not act on it or say there's no problem here when there obviously is. But we need to be able, we need Democrats to be able to redraw the congressional districts, period. That's well, what we need. And you bring up something interesting because we did have the, uh, the, the, the counts, the census on 2020. Yes. And, and we didn't think much of it at the time, but we know that Donald Trump and the Republicans did everything they could to fuck up that census. There Absolutely. was probably a lot of people not counted, presumably yes. Democratic people not counted, which gave them the edge. And it seemed crazy to think that they would go to that extent to try to win elections. But now we know, of course, it's not crazy. That's exactly what they would do. So the census that was taken in 2020 Assuming the Democrats are in charge in, in 2030, I'm guessing we're going to see a dramatic change that makes no sense in 2030 because it was so badly done in 2020. This is what I'm saying. This is why we need two Democratic administrations of eight years in a row, and then we can fix everything so that the Republicans never get power again, which is what we want yeah. because they cannot win there's not enough of them. They cannot win unless they cheat, period. Let, let, let me explain. I've just kind of learned this for myself, too, and I, I'm just looking for you because you're more knowledgeable than this. When it comes to gerrymandering, the only place it affects anything is in the House of Representatives, right? The Senate Pretty is just much. two people for the whole state. You can't gerrymander the Senate. No, you can't. But what you can do is it also counts in local elections and in the governorships and that sort of thing. But but primarily it it has to do with the House of Representatives. Yeah. OK, so we need we need to address the gerrymandering and we need an unprecedented amount of people coming out to vote. It's known that midterms people just kind of lay off of it. I get a sense with Democrats right now. They still have some of that fear they had in 2020. And I think we may be surprised by how many fucking people turn out. Well, I, I, I 100% agree. I've already seen, uh, I, I heard what I thought was thunder and it turned out to be the feet of women marching to register because that's, that's what's happening here. Uh, in places like Kansas where we saw that, uh, dramatic uh, turnout, um, uh, for, for women against, uh, um, um, you know, the draconian abortion <coughs> laws and so forth. You're going to see that everywhere. I think the big thing for me, and I wish before I cash in my chips that this could happen, if we could decide that we're going to be a country 
instead of a loose aggregation of states, because that's what we are right now. We need federal power to be established once and for all so that you go into the federal government can go into a state and reapportion everything so that you're not getting all your Republicans in one district and and so forth and and drawing these tortured lines here and there to make sure that you can maintain power, that it's done on some sort of reasonable sense that, that just divides it by population and not by party. So that uh, there's a reasonable amount of people of both persuasions in all districts. That's not insane. It can be done, but it has to be done on a federal level. And voting rights have to be ensured on a federal level. Take that away from the states. Now, I know what the Constitution says. The Constitution says that uh, enumerated powers... Uh, the things that aren't enumerated are left to the states. I get that. But when you are, uh, when you're doing things that are hurting the country, it needs to be reexamined. The, uh, the founding fathers knew they weren't perfect. That's why they made it possible to amend the constitution. They didn't chip it in stone. Right. So right. all we have to do is make sure that happens because I'll tell you this. The Republicans want to have a constitutional convention, and that's why they're trying to get all the state legislatures so they can rewrite the whole Constitution so that uh, suddenly we have uh, um, uh, some sort of dictator. They want to do that as long as it's theirs. Well, let's be perfectly honest. For years and years and decades and decades, Republicans always said we want smaller government. And in fact, right now, it would appear is that they are wanting to get rid of the government at all. For whatever reason, they have some disdain for democracy and they don't want it anymore. The vast majority of people in this country, of course, appreciate democracy. So if they're trying to destroy the democracy, and that's what they're doing, it it came out, uh, it reared its ugly head, the Republicans' ugly head in the last three or four years, that hopefully should be enough to get people to say, well, wait a fucking minute, because we are the United States of America. And as much as people don't want waste in federal government, you and I and everybody else pay, pays a lot of federal taxes every year. Is it so crazy for us to expect something in return for those taxes? And 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 apparently the Republicans think that's the wrong thing to do. And I disagree fucking wholeheartedly. Exactly. Uh, let's jump back to Mayberry for a minute. Okay. Do you remember a, sh- a show called the Evening Shade? It was Burt Reynolds was yeah. uh, the yeah. central character, right? Right. You can either choose to li- live in Evening Shade, which had a very diverse group of people, including Ozzy Davis, and 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 it had black people and uh, just a diverse group of people. Another small town, another laid back town. Or you have Mayberry where everybody's white, nobody's married. Which one do you want to live in? <laughs> well, Bert and Andy are both dead now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't see diversity as that big a deal. I mean, whether I'm in a room full of people of color or a room of white people or Asian people, I, I don't walk up to somebody and make a judgment based on their color. I make a judgment on how they talk to me. If you're a dick, you're a dick. I don't care what color you are. It's the same with me, and then maybe that's probably why we were friends because we we worked with people who were racist. Oh um, yeah, yeah, very much so, and who used uh, when when 
people of uh, when there were no black people around or no Hispanic people around, they used words that you and I don't use. No. And uh, well, there was one guy who did that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a friend that I went to high school with, and he ended up being a Trump pumper. He was my best friend in high school. He doesn't live that far away from me right now. We used to go out and have coffee every now and again. And then one time early on in the uh, Trump campaign. He was trying to explain to me how Trump was good. Now, even in 2016, I knew he was a fucking joke and a potential criminal. So I wasn't having it. And we went back and forth. And then as we're sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're just sitting there talking. And then he makes a comment about people of color. And he uses some weird racist term for black kids. Yeah, And I look at him, I go, what the fuck is wrong with you, you idiot? And, you know, that isn't, wouldn't have been out of character for him in the 70s. And he right. probably would have got away with it in the 70s. But are you telling me in 45 years you haven't grown a fucking bit? You haven't learned one motherfucking thing? You're still talking like when we were 17? For Christ's sake. That's a, And this is a guy successful in business. He's wealthy. But he still has not grown emotionally or intellectually at all in 45 fucking years. Well, there's some of the most racist places I've ever been in are uh, um, athletic clubs. Yep. Um, and, and, and other places where successful white men hang out. Uh, you'll find a lot of racism in there and a lot of, uh, you know, the locker room talk they were talking about with Trump. Yeah, it is. Um, in misogyny and, uh, racism and, uh, xenophobia are well in the locker rooms. Well, yeah, absolutely. If I go back to the seventies when I was playing football or in gym or whatever, you got the 17 year old boys in 1977 sitting in the locker room, the shit you would say about girls or women, uh, whether it be to their face or behind their backs was just flagrant. But again, at the time, no, no, everybody thought, well, that's just what boys do. And that was the ploy that Donald Trump tried to play off of when he talked about grabbing somebody's uh, private parts. Oh, that's just locker room talk. Well, you're 74 fucking years old, motherfucker. You haven't seen a locker room in fucking 50 years. Shut up. That doesn't well, make it right. Exactly. And as as I pointed out, uh, on Facebook at the time or an email forum or something like that with some of my high school contemporaries that um, I used to go to the barbershop with my father every Saturday. We got a haircut every Saturday. Wow. And in that, uh, in that rarefied atmosphere where there were only men, there were no men who talked like that. And if there were, People looked at them like they were some kind of rabid dog or something or right. a rat. I mean, this was not something that happened in, I won't even say polite society. These were working class stiffs, but they knew better than to talk like that. And uh, the uh, there was a young woman who was very much a Trump supporter who said, well, they just didn't talk like that because you were there. And I said, no, that's not it. They just didn't talk like that because they were decent human beings. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's that's the thing that disappoints me more than anything. You know, I grew up in Minneapolis. Grant you, it was South Minneapolis, but I grew up in South Minneapolis. And when I go back there and I think about the things that happened there, um, it wasn't a lot different than the Deep South. I mean, in the sense that no. the racism and the misogyny and all that kind of stuff, it was flagrant back then. And it was just, you know, that's how, how, that's what you did. That's, you know, that's who you were and that's the way this is. And that's one thing to be there in the seventies. But when I go back there now and I talk to some people I went to high school with, I'm going, holy fuck, how did I even survive that? How was I able to come to some understanding that this makes no sense, that this is not how normal people think? And these people are still locked into the way they thought 45 years ago. Fucking appalling. Well, it is, and, and and I'm often I hear things like common sense. Common sense is 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 nothing but prejudice, and uh, can, I, I it's what you grow up with. The only way out of it is experience and education. Uh, I was in the army. I was uh, in university, and I was exposed to people of uh from different countries and different races and so forth i found out they were no different from me i mean i knew that early because we lived in the black section in town and everybody i knew until i started school was black all my neighbors were black and they were just people to me so i I had i had a jump up so to speak on it but uh and the, the more i was able to get out into the world and uh um i mean when i was a kid my father hated Germans and Japanese. Because <laughs> he was in World War II. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, uh, that was that was his thing, and it was based on his experience of being shot at. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm, I, I, I'm guessing he called them the Nips and the Jerrys. He did. Well, he was, he was uh, well, I won't go into it. But, yeah, uh, there were... Uh, there, there were uh, uh, names that we don't use anymore, for sure. But you know, he had a reason for using them, and, and it was uh, the shrapnel in his leg, for one thing. Well, and that, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely understandable. I, I just, you know, you'd like to think that our country and the people in this country evolve and learn some things and mature and do better. And I think a lot of people have. I certainly have. I believe. But there are so many people that just refuse to change anything. My mom and dad thought this way, so that's the way I'm going to think, which makes no sense because regardless of how your mom and dad think, when you became an adult, you had the choice to choose between right and wrong. And just because mom and dad did the wrong thing, uh, at least for what today demands, doesn't give you the option or the right to do the wrong thing. You should be smart enough to choose the fucking right thing. Well, this is true. And, you know, when I was a kid, my mom would have been called a racist because she was not she had been raised in the country. And even though we lived in the black part of town, she was not real thrilled with it. Okay, right. But but by the time I was uh, was in college and I was talking to her and asking her, well, who do you like in the in this particular election? And she's the only one that talks to me is Jesse Jackson. So right. she'd, she'd, she'd come a long way. Yeah, she, she, you know, what I remember, I'm going to, we're going to wrap this up here in a second, but I remember when Obama was running. Yeah. I had at least three people 
say, I can't vote for Obama. And I said, why? Because he's black. We can't have a black man in the White House. They had no reason, nothing about policies, nothing about anything else. It's just that they were fearful to have a black man in the office. And, and, and part of me thinks that with all the problems we have now by the Trump and the Republicans is basically uh, blowback or, or punishment oh, for having the audacity to vote for a black man for president. Absolutely. I guarantee you that's the case. They've never gotten over it because if you go through your whole life thinking a black man is, in, is inferior and suddenly you have a black man in the highest office in the land that screws with your head big time. What's the, there's a phrase that some politician once said. The important thing is as long as you can keep the brokest, poorest people believing that the black people or people of color were, were beneath them, they'll be okay. But the Lyndon moment Johnson, Lyndon Johnson uh, said that, right? Yeah. He said that, that, um, uh, though you, you can pick their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> right. As right. long as you can, uh, as long as you can make the lowest white man think that he is better than the highest black man. You can pick his pocket while he's not looking. So uh, words to that effect. But that is, uh, yeah, exactly true. That is very profound and, 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 and an ideology that's been with us for far too long. All right, we're running out of time here. I appreciate you coming by, Ed. Uh, yeah. uh, next time we talk, I will be able to see out of one another side of my head. So that'll be good. <laughs> I will have had that surgery behind me. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. I've had the surgery before, and I got a good doctor, and and uh, I'll be fine. <laughs> well, that's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you seeing me. <laughs> well, it's you know it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird when I'm walking someplace. I bumped into my wife, and she goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "Honey, I can't <laughs> see out of that left side. I I literally can't see you." And then she goes from. Oh, I should be mad at him because he's a klutz or I feel sorry for him because he can't see. Usually she goes with the mad because I'm a klutz, but sometimes <laughs> she she offers up some empathy. But soon I won't have that excuse anymore. You'll well, just be bumping into her because you're a klutz. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And I won't have anything to argue with her about. All right, Ed, thank you for coming by and uh, spending time and talking to us. We'll be talking to you again this week at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm open for Wednesday, I think. Okay, well, you're retired. You don't have fucking jack to do like me. Yeah, yeah it's a, between doctor's appointments and taking the dog to the vet and get my wife's allergy shots and that kind of stuff. You know, I everything every now and then something intrudes, but otherwise I'm pretty much just hanging around. Well, that, that, that's the thing is, you know, we're two retired guys and we should be able to meet up every fucking day and do this stuff, but we can't because I got stuff. And like you say, it's mostly doctor's appointments or animals or something you're required to do. And you have those too. So in spite of the fact that neither one of us work an hour a day, we still have shit that we have to do. Yeah. We got to hang out with Emmett and Howard down at the fix it shop. <laughs> <laughs> right. I still remember. Um, well, I love Barney on the show. Yeah. And, and he and Andy or he and Goober or somebody are standing over to, um, at the gas station. And, and, and 
Don Knotts or Barney Fife says, you know what I think I'm going to do? He goes, no, what do I think you do? You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to walk right over to that soda pop machine. I'm going to get me a soda pop. Yeah, soda pop sounds good. I'm thinking, who wrote these fucking scripts? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, the, um, the thing well, is, we all knew somebody like Barney. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the uh, the the little man syndrome and all of that. You know, I mean, yeah, it plays because it's real. Well, and, and just to throw this in the end, our uh, last boss before we departed, our last job the where we worked together was the yeah. epitome of fucking Barney Fife. I even told him <laughs> that, and he didn't like it, surprisingly. Surprisingly. Uh, <laughs> Barney was such a great figure. He was a great figure. But we <laughs> all know people like be. that. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be Barney. But no, you definitely you don't Barney. want to be Barney. Um, uh, anyway. We'll wrap things up here, Ed. We'll talk to you later in the week. We'll see what else falls from the sky here. It's no doubt going to be crazy as it is every week. So you folks at home, have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.